I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Extraordinary. I'm Ben Clint. This is my Scottish friend, Stephen Brown. We told you it was going to be a thing now. It's going to be the new way we kick it off. We didn't. You decided it was going to be a thing. Well, kind of like your little ending uh, to the just, next time. Yeah, it happened organically and to each other. naturally. And, um, I, I, I have a question for folks. Do we sound echoey in here? I mean, I kind of hear an echo in this room, so I'm wondering if it comes across as an echo. So the pop to filter... Folks puts an end to that so when i'm editing it doesn't sound echoey okay i don't yeah, think I do. so do you want to play one on our on the phone and see no i'm okay i've played like? it in the truck i've heard it in the truck and i don't hear it so yeah but um today steven and i well steven came in actually to the room he gave me a hug which was a little weird but it was nice too. warm embrace <laughs> it wasn't weird so ben and i had an altercation this morning <laughs> Um, altercation. Alter or ultra? I think it's altercation. Altercation, okay. Um, in a group text message with our friends. Oops, sorry, that's my watch. And it gave us an idea for a topic, which was... I love that Stephen and Ben got an altercation this morning, and we came up with a topic for the podcast. Why but is somebody FaceTiming me right now? I don't know. Oh. Somebody you want to answer? No. It <laughs> only came... Whoa, Stop. Stuff's glitching. All the text. Steven's got three screens around him and they're all glitching. It was only on one screen. That's goofy. Look, huh. it's still doing it. Just decline it. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, so not even weird. a number you recognize, but... No, it wasn't so, saved. our altercation this morning, if you will even call it that. Yeah. How much info are we going to give on this? I don't think we'll give too much info. Not the specifics, but kind of the high level? Uh, We can give a little... Well, uh, it was. It involved one of us speaking our mind about the other's behavior in a way that probably wasn't the most productive. Yeah, okay. That's a good way to put it. We'll say it. And because it was in a group setting, the other one called it out. And then we went <laughs> offline and we had a productive conversation, I think, and moved to a new spot, which would put us in a better place. I think it was one of those things where it's like we should have been offline from the beginning and we weren't. So it was like, okay. Lesson learned mm-hmm. on how we do that in the future, and uh, had a nice little conversation in the morning, explained each of our sides and how we saw it, and then moved forward. But that led us to today's topic, which Stephen brought up at the end. He's like, what if we talked about reconciliation and grace? Yeah, and even add an extra part to that. What about it. conflict resolution, reconciliation, and grace? 
Yeah, and I think reconciliation usually kind of goes with conflict, right? I mean, usually if you're reconciling, it's because there is some type of conflict. Mm -hmm. But what also is really interesting about this is we have a new president. We do. And well, you were talking about we you have said a new re- president elect. I know, but yes, we're going to have a likely a new president come January, right? Yes. And so, uh, unless we come up with some voter fraud thing or some crazy thing happened that we don't know about, right? So, um, but how apt, like how appropriate is this topic for this week, the week after elections? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, what do we need more of right now? Reconciliation and grace. And healing, yeah. What was interesting too, and to frame this and then jump into the reconciliation and grace topic, just, I guess maybe it'll be free throwing, free flowing. Good Lord, Ben. JJ. Vansel, one of the guys we just had on for an interview recently, posted something. He's about, like, anymore, it seems like, uh, we need unification. Where are the people? It's like people are just all out to get each other. And uh, I was saying it's kind of funny. It's like anymore we can't just disagree to disagree, right? It's like I either get my way 100% or you're dead to me and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of diplomacy is something that is dead. I could think we could also actually say reconciliation, grace, and respect. Because to reconcile, you need to have a little bit of respect for the person, too. Because if you don't even care about the person, what's the point, right? So in this day and age, it seems like we are lacking in the ability to reconcile and extend each other grace and to see Mm -hmm. differing viewpoints. Uh, This morning, you and I on the phone was a good example of that. We both explained our sides. We're like, okay, not my intention when I said that. What I meant to be say was X, right? And not my intention when I came back at you. What I meant to say was X, right? So, but I see how that might have made you feel. We can't do that anymore in a when it comes to politics. I'll say mm-hmm. it seems like I would go beyond politics. I just think in general. So I can speak to this. I guess because everything's so politicized anymore. Yeah, but I can speak to this in personal relationships with the opposite fairer sex. Um, that I've gotten into issues where I've said things meaning one thing and it's been construed as another thing or it's been construed as cold um, and funnily enough just last week so I do a I do multiple meetings with different people regularly and one of them is Rachel Rowley who we've had on as a guest here before yeah, yeah. and last week she sent me a, a, it was along the same lines as like what your what your um, what your personality type is but this was what are your saboteurs and yeah i mean this would be an interesting test yeah i can send it to you it would be interesting for us to do it and maybe even do like a quick video or something for the facebook with it but my saboteurs and it's been something that probably through lack of understanding i'm going to show you here is 9.4 which is the highest score i've got i've got two 9.4s i'm hyper rational and i'm a hyper achiever which is basically a way of saying that you're very logical and you're a competitive asshole, right? <laughs> you're logical to a fault and a competitive asshole. That's and a then good controller is at 6.9. So these are all the different kinds of saboteurs. So you are a logical asshole that wants things done your way. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. But the controlling but part isn't, little isn't manipulative in terms of controlling people. The controlling part is... I want things done a certain way. So let me go through these. Hmm. So the, the, the saboteurs are hyper-rational, hyper-achiever, controller, restless, you're a pleaser, 
you're a stickler, you're an avoider, you're a victim, and you're hyper vigilant. So I'm just going to show hmm. you. Yeah, send that to me. I'd be fun to take. There's there's my snapshot, and then there's a description of each one as well. This is just a, an image, by oh, the I way. See. This is just a so I can send you the text, yeah. but this provided a lot of perspective for me, and that's where I think this morning is why when we had that, I picked the. I mean, it was seconds after the last. Let's take this offline. I called you. I was like, all right, let's talk this through because I think we're both coming at this from a place that well then we were both ready to light each other up i think too no i called with a specific intention to de-escalate believe oh. it or not well i think you did because i could tell by the tone of your voice when you called uh that you were like you know not wanting to be confrontational no i um, mean on the text thread though that it was different yeah so where <laughs> i was going with that is that I think what you were saying is 100% correct, but not just in the political realm. I think people want to be right more than they want to seek conf uh, conflict resolution. Mm. And when you go into something wanting to be right, you create what you call um, confirmation bias or uh, recency bias because the last thing you saw was probably something that you're going yeah, to use to affirms prove your point. your point. And it's like, well, if you just... And again, I don't claim to be the best at this all the time. But when I called you, I called to de-escalate and I said, hey, I understand that you saw this like this. This was my intention. You explained what you what you got out of it and we moved on from it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think where I'm going with this is that if you're not willing to open your mind up and at least hear someone's point of view and give them, this is where the grace part comes in, give them the grace that they're telling you the truth as well. Yeah. They're, they're telling you what they meant and you don't get to, unless they have a proven track record of lying to you. Yeah, they're just a blatant liar. That's one thing. You don't get to say that's not what you'd meant. You can say that's not how it came across. But or, that's okay, a different you can, Even if they have a track record, it's like you've done this too many times. Example, example, example. Mm -hmm. For me to just take you at your word anymore. Like I need to see yeah. a change in your actions now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there's, there's a there's a quote that you see, and this isn't one that I would post myself, but I do believe it. And often you see people that are fresh out of relationships post this stuff on the Facebook, and you know when they're doing that passive aggressive thing online, so everybody knows they're single again. Mm -hmm. um, and it it's to the effect of an apology without a change in behavior is just a manipulation. An apology without a change in behavior is just a manipulation. Processing that. Yeah, so essentially your actions are more more telling on your mindset and your intentions than your words are. Because it's easy to say sorry. Yeah, manipulation just yeah. to make them feel mm -hmm. good. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't... It's like when your parents force you to say sorry as a kid for smacking your brother in the head. Yeah. Like, I'm not actually sorry, I'm just saying that so I don't get in trouble. So I think both of us, again... You know what's funny, actually... Fun is Laura and I talked about this the other day with regard to an individual, I'm not going to name names and you wouldn't know him anyways, who uh, is manipulative, controlling, straight up can be mean, but doesn't know it. And it's not you, Stephen, don't worry. I didn't think it was. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's a she. And uh, <laughs> oblivious to the world, really. Like, always been kept, she's older, like, always been just kept sheltered. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
like when you tell her like you need to like go say sorry to that person like oh my gosh that was like you, we can't have you around if that's what you're going to say and things you're going to do right and it's not that she's sorry that she made that statement right it's that she's sorry that she got caught is yeah. what we were saying right so it's like when you're saying sorry because you got caught oh, i'm sorry that i got caught i mean i'm sorry that i made you feel bad i'm not really sorry i made you feel bad because i actually still feel that you're a jerk and that's what you said and did you know it's like if you're saying sorry like that that's not a really actually a sorry and that's that manipulation thing just to get your way just so you can still be around or you can still mm-hmm. get whatever it is that you wanted right so that's yeah. interesting yeah good and, quote and uh there's also the I'm sorry, but, and then people justifying their behavior. Yeah, um, when they say like, "I'm sorry, but," it's like you're not sorry. No, I think sorry has to be unequivocal, with the exception of if you are able to say, "I am sorry if I made you feel that way. Yeah. That was not my intention," and you have a specific intention that you can then really, but you don't get to say, "I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings." That's, it's that's that's. A fake apology as well it's i'm sorry if you misinterpreted my intentions my true intentions where i will address that moving forward something mm-hmm. along those lines and it's so again it's not how you what you say it's more how you say sorry um and apologies are often the the genesis of of reconciliation right you know what the in, other interesting part about this is is uh when you screw up right like owning it quickly. A lot of people, I, here's an example. So I, I won't say what board. I think I might have shared this story before. I was on a, bo- a board, still am on multiple boards. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> and one of the employed staff wanted to change a, a contest that we were having. Did, have I shared this story before, Stephen? Do you remember anything about this? The You've talked about I, I put it. money yeah, behind yeah, this yeah. campaign for prize mm-hmm. money to have it. And then yep. what ended up happening is she wanted to leverage that money a little more by having the campaign go longer. So we changed the rules of the game mid-game. People came back, didn't like that. Uh, we, we chatted it through, her and I. And she wanted to basically not apologize to them. Like, it's ours to do it. And I was like, no, that was wrong. Like, we shouldn't have done it. She's like, well, we can't go back now and say that it was wrong. We should have done it. I was like, that's exactly what we should do. Like... When you screw up, reconcile quickly, ask for grace, and just acknowledge the fact that you screwed up, mm-hmm. right? And when you can actually do that, you get so much more respect from people than if you try and fight it because majority of people know when somebody screwed up. Like, you know when you screwed up. You, I mean, most people, if they're looking at the situation, know when you screwed up. But if you're going to be the guy or gal who sits there and fights it because you don't want to eat crow... Good luck getting very far in life. Mm-hmm. Have you, so, but I think that was a good lesson for me and hopefully for this uh, gal that's like, you know what? Eat crow quickly and get on with it and make it better next time. It's a good learning lesson. Yeah, so on that, there's a couple of points I'd like to, like to point out. First one being that when you do that, you're going to be pleasantly surprised how effective it is and how much people appreciate it oh. when you address something head on. Yep. Can you imagine had we not talked on the phone before now and just showed up here to record? Have yeah, we not but had throat the conversation? You. No, I'm joking. Well, you would have tried. Oh, yeah. Here, so here we go. We're going to reconcile <laughs> again. <laughs> I've seen you throw punches. A swift remember. kick to the wee wee. We boxed together last year. I've seen you throw punches. You swift punched. kick to the wee wee. 
punched like a big Jesse. Um, a big what? Big Jesse. A Jesse? Um, it's a Scottish term for oh. a blouse. Um, oh. Not an actual blouse, but like I would call you a blouse if I thought you were a big girl. Um, sorry, that's probably not PC these days. Anyway, where I was going was, yeah, you'll be pleasantly surprised by the reaction of people when you mm-hmm. take the bull mm-hmm. by the horns and address an issue and actually own what you did wrong. Well, and they usually um, extend you grace pretty quickly. Yep. Now, the second thing here is if you're in a position of leadership, mm-hmm. and to your point, if the grace is extended when people screw up, like expect mistakes. Yeah. Often, mm-hmm. but expect people to learn from them and create an environment of learning from mistakes. Yeah. And guess what? That's, it's cool to screw up. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Nobody cares. No, We're human. Not, it's not okay to be negligent. It's not okay to be incompetent, but it's okay to make and a mistake. Sometimes it's okay to be incompetent. Honestly, just because you didn't know something doesn't mean that you can't go and learn it, right? If initially, if you are habitually incompetent. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, well, okay, you're just being, mm-hmm. you just didn't know what you're doing. Okay, let's let's figure this out, right? Well, and maybe I, I'm in, yeah. inter- misinterpreting incompetent, but. I think that's important that we um, that we differentiate what incompetence meant there when I said it. I don't mean it's... I mean, incompetence, we're all incompetent at some point until yeah. we become competent at some. But what I mean by incompetence is that you're, to your point, repeatedly incompetent mm-hmm. or incompetent... Or just not trying to get better. Through lack of effort yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that grace from above, that grace from leadership goes so far so that people feel comfortable coming and saying, hey, Ben, I screwed up. I'm going to own this. Can we work through this and get to a better point so that, one, this doesn't happen again, but two, we're going to fix this situation moving forward. Well, and the funny thing, so what I was going to say about that actually was it all is relationships, and I, we come to relationships a lot of the time. I mean, friendships, platonic, you know, but then romantic, political relationships, whatever it might be, right? All relationships kind of are foundationally the same in that you got to have a mutual respect for the other, and other individual. You got to realize they're human and that they're fallible and that they're going to fall at some point. And you got to be have enough respect in yourself to be able to live with the fact that they're going to fall and it's not personal and it's not against you, I think, also, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you think about this. If if you've got, good example, if you have an insecure spouse and you're married and uh, one of the other, the opposite other spouse does something that might make you lose trust or they fall, they're human, they did something that they shouldn't have, they went out and got drunk with their friends and said they were going to be home at 5. We'll make it really a PG version here. They said they were going to be home at 5.30, and they got home at 8.30, and you just can't trust them. See, that would be a controlling spouse, too, if that happened. But I guess it depends on the circumstances. What I'm saying is it doesn't really matter the relationship. All of them at the end of the day, if you said something that you were going to do one thing and then you did something else, sometimes you're just going to fall flat on your face, and you're going to be... You're going to have screwed up. You're going to be wrong and you're going to have to ask for grace and you're going to have to say you're sorry and to do it quickly. The interesting thing about uh, from going back to this J.J. Vansell exchange on Facebook and I was part of this thread that we were part of is with regard to relationships. I was talking about it. Uh, then there's never a period of time where you get 100% of what you want. 
So I I think that's interesting because, again, that's what made me come to the political conversation. But going back to even a relationship with a husband or wife, right? I think that 80-20 rule applies so much to almost everything in life. Like there is, I can't name one thing where like, man, I got exactly what I wanted 100% as I wanted it. Same color, whatever, right? It's like there's always a period of time where that 20% is going to be there where it's not 100% what you wanted, but hey, it's 80%. Like that's pretty dang good. And living in the happiness of 80% and the happiness of just the process of being with that person if that makes any sense, I'm kind of feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but does that make sense, Steve? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? It does make sense. Um, I think it's okay to ramble sometimes when you're trying to get your point across. <laughs> yeah, you can more clearly articulate it for me. Bring it home. Wrap it up. What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think more than anything, before we move into maybe some techniques to 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 resolve conflict, is that overarching things are address things don't let them fester be about it don't talk about it and then give grace right and i would say realize where you're at going into a conversation though because it's like if you called this morning and you like want to talk through something and you're like all i want to do is find you and run you over with my truck like probably not a good time to have a conversation like i need 10 minutes call me back in 10 minutes right like so realizing where you're at in a headspace wise and then also, though, as the person that wants to initiate conversation, if somebody's like, I'm not in the position to talk about that right now, like saying, okay, giving them that grace to not talk about it right now, and then, you know, wait 10 minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. a day, whatever it is, until they have a moment to cool down, right? Because you don't want to, you try to go in there to kind of reconcile and make things right. They're still in a bad spot and not ready for reconciliation. You're, you're coming in trying to force reconciliation, and then that just makes it even worse because they're not ready to reconcile. They're still mad at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... <laughs> Which I, is how I a have, lot of relationships blow up. <laughs> but I have mixed feelings on that. I think there's a, there's a fine line between I'm not ready to talk about this, give me some space, yeah, and giving someone the silent treatment. And Oh, they're... That's not a fine line. That's a that's a pretty blatant line. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The reconciliation conversation is never going to be an easy or uncomfortable conversation necessarily. So if you're trying to not feel discomfort, then you're never going to have the reconciliation conversation. Yeah. Which oh, then that's the line of where you're just avoiding. Like you're talking about avoidance, right? It's like, no, avoidance is a bad thing. You're always going to feel uncomfortable in a situation like that when you're calling. Like when you called this morning and I see you coming through on my truck, I'm like, hi. <laughs> you didn't answer like that. You were like, hey, what's up? <laughs> what do you want? But I'm glad you picked up on my tone early. Yeah. And actually noted it. So not where it was going with the the avoidance or the... Uh, the um, what, what did I refer to as a silent treatment? Yeah, silent, yeah is I struggled, have always struggled with that, that when something happens, I'm like, hey, let's talk about this now. Let's yeah, you're this. a talker. Yeah. yeah. I want to get I want to get through this. And even if that means we never talk again, I want that, I want that finalization, right? Draw a line under it, move the fuck on. And it's specific, I think it's intimidating 
especially in a, a romantic relationship when because let's face it i screw up a lot <laughs> and it's like okay i want to learn from this i want to draw a line under it i want to move on and sometimes it's like yeah we can't do that in a 10 minute conversation that has to be something that happens over time that has to be um are you saying that you, I'm, I'm trying to pick what you're so you're saying that you like to communicate oh yeah and you want it resolved in 10 minutes in but in reality in life that's not how a lot of situations work i think people need time to process things more than i need time to process yes because i'm very analytic analytical yeah. um you know i'm constantly processing things so when it comes to the point that something's come to a head, I've already got all... It's rare for me to say I haven't really thought about it, let me think on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of people aren't that way, which is... Even I am, am more like you, or like, let's talk about it quickly. Mm-hmm. Or I've also just gotten to a point in my life where there's a lot of things that I'm just like, I don't even have the mental space for. Like, I don't even care enough mm-hmm. to have a conversation about it. So I just let it yep. roll off my back and be like, whatever. Like, I don't care. If you do it five times in a row, I'll probably come at you you know and then we'll have to have a conversation about it uh but again that's i'm not that it's an avoidance mentality of mine but that it's just like it's not worth the conversation to some point so you just let it roll off your back right mm-hmm. so yeah so something else that i would i would like to throw in here mm. when we're talking about this stuff is and i want to say we've talked about this before maybe because we have done a we've done um how to handle conflict podcast yeah um but we talked about the difference between candor and brutal honesty, right? Yeah, yeah. And and again, in my younger life, I, I struggled with that. I was with brutal honesty. I've always been the the, okay. the kid that points at the emperor and says the emperor isn't wearing any clothes. And um, there's a one. So candor is informative. Brutal honesty is hurtful or can be hurtful. And you have to decide who you can be brutally honest with and who you just need to be candid or, with. Or constructive criticism. Yeah. I think candor mm-hmm. slash constructive criticism might be, you know, another way to put it. Whereas sometimes it's just like, that might... And I know while the intention behind your stuff might be always, at least in your eyes, like positive, right? Like, mm-hmm. like no, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to come across. I didn't mean that. It's like, but the manner in which it was a theory, That's a really interesting point, actually. Here. It's like so. The heart behind something might be good. The avenue or the method at which it is delivered to somebody, it's like wow, you really did not come across in a way that made me feel like you actually cared about me when you said it that way, or when you did something, you know, or when you left me behind and you went out with your friends type thing. It's like really your actions said this. It's like well that wasn't my intention. It's like yeah, but that's what it that's what it said, right? So coming back to our kind of beginning, a lot of this is actions related. Even though your heart might do say one thing, it's like you need to, I'm doing a little linking thing with my fingers here, link up your actions with your heart sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we, do, we obviously don't want to, and I think the biggest issue we had this morning was we both assumed what the other's intentions were. Yeah, yeah, which both, is usually. Both. And what was said initially and what was said in retaliation. And, and the other thing about text messages, which are not so great, is you can't hear tone of voice. Tone, yep. And so you could be saying one thing, and you could have said that laughing, and I would have known you're joking. Coming across as a text message, it's like, what the... F-? Well, the thing is, in the text messages, I'm meant to be stern in my initial comment, but I also 
probably naively and not naively in a bad way i assumed which you should never do that you would see exactly what we just talked about there where it was coming from like hey i'm trying to help you here like here's the context i saw it in then i'm like well here's the context i saw it in yeah and so if you want to get into that that's actually a really really good place to sort of segue here to um the language that you use is important right yeah so uh, we often talk about pronouns, mm-hmm. right? But if we, from a grammatical term, if you adjust the things you say, so for instance, you and I are in the middle of this blown up argument <laughs> and I say to you, I need resolution on this so I can get on with my day, right? That's focused on me. That's when I go, here's your resolution, yeah. click. No, but that's focused on me, right? Yes. Yeah. So I can I get want, on with my I day. I need my, me, all of those terrible words in this instance. But if I say, we should find a resolution to this so we can both get on with our days, be productive and circle back to it if we need to. What's a more productive sentence there? The we, the inclusion. The we. Yeah. And then you should probably almost never because it's so accusatory and so pointing the finger is you don't get to say this and you don't do that and you did this and again maybe a way to address that is I think what's happened here is we've both misconstrued what the other one said perhaps we need to look at it from that point of view right yeah so again and they might come back saying like I get to say, well, excuse me, I don't get to say, like at that point, it's like, okay, yeah. not time for the conversation. Exactly. That's that's a good example of give that a moment. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the language is important, right? And it's such subtle differences, but it's, 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 uh, it's we, us, and, and versus I and me, we and us versus I and me. And mm-hmm. I think in everything we do as subordinates and as leaders, we is such a powerful concept as opposed to I. I want to achieve this. I want to get to my sales target. I want to be the best financial advisor, the best credit card salesperson in town as opposed to we as a firm want to achieve this. We as a firm, we want to provide the best credit card processing services in town. Right? Yeah. We as a team. Yeah, well, so, it creates... More buy-in, right, mm-hmm. from people too. And guess what? They're more willing to extend you grace when you mess up when it's a we, yeah, versus an I. So here's here's another thing that, that we did this morning. Whether we did it, and, and let's be honest, you and I have grown a lot in this process of podcasting as people, as friends, as leaders, as whatever you see us as, as. Right? We've grown a lot. I know I am nowhere near being the same person I was in late 2018 when we first thought about doing this <laughs> as a leader i'm not the same person as a as a friend or a colleague definitely not the same person i've had a lot of perspective given and and gained from this um so when you're going through these conflicted situations when you're when you need to to find resolution and reconciliation do you focus on the person or do you focus on the issue? Well, I would hope it's the issue. Exactly. And if, again, going back to the phone call we had this morning, neither one of us 
necessarily focused on what the other person said we focused on the issue of misunderstanding right yeah the the where this comes to bite you though is there's plenty of relationships that have been toxic for a period of time where it's no longer even about the issue it's about Mm -hmm. anything and everything that that other person will have said right and there are periods of time where it's like you need to realize that it's like when it's no longer about the issue and it's like you can't even remember what you came in to originally talk about to reconcile through or work through. It's like, okay, you guys have some deeper stuff that you need to work through because now it's not just an issue or just like a you said this and it made me feel this way. It's a there's something innately inside you now that wants to battle this person every time they talk. It's like I've had friends that go at it like that, right? And like you know, yeah. you know girlfriend and boyfriends that have done that in the past too. And it's like okay, now you guys are not even at the point where you're willing to extend each other that grace to even have the prospect of reconciling. You just want to win and you want to slap that other person around a few times and put them in the ground so that you feel better about who you are and that because they've hurt you in some way or there's something that's motivating you from the past, right? So it's like they're not even open to having those conversations Mm -hmm. to even focus on the issue, let alone remember what the issue even was. Yeah. But so... Uh, this is a really like psychologically in-depth conversation, right? Because reconciliation is easy in theory. It's like, we'll just go and apologize and sing Kumbaya and dance around a campfire and whatever it is that you do to reconcile, which would be fun sitting around a campfire. I don't know about the dancing part with you, but uh, now we're off topic. Again. It's a little cold to be sitting around a campfire, even with a good fire going. Well, have two, one in front of you and sit in the middle of two. All one. right. Deal. I'm in. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of techniques that you can use for conflict resolution. I think one of the ones that I've learned to really apply is just to sort of uh, repeat what people say. I think they call it echoing. So mm-hmm. in sales, it's it's actually a sales tactic. What I'm hearing is this. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That that sentence is perfect um, because. If I say that to you, like, hey, Ben, what I'm hearing is that you said X, Y, Z. You've got two options, then you can agree with me or you can say, no, that's that's not what I've... Well, and I think you and I both do a good job of that, too. I mean, you know, I just did it a while ago to you with with something you were saying. I can't remember what Mm -hmm. it is, to be honest. We talked about a few things since. But it was... So, Stephen, what I think you're trying to say is... And then I say it in a manner, and sometimes you're like, no, not really. What I meant by that was da 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 da, right? And they'll rephrase it yeah. so that you get a greater understanding of what it is they're actually trying to say. I do this with Tim all the time because <laughs> he'll ramble on in circles. <laughs> and in his mind, it all makes sense. Tim, I love you if you're listening. <laughs> and then I'm like, dude, you need to get to the point. It's like, are you trying to say this or what are you trying to say? Like, get to the point. And then he'll clearly and concisely say it, right? And, and you're like, that's all you had to say from the beginning. Sometimes people are just trying to get their own thoughts in order. And then when you ask them to clearly and concisely say it, or you try and repeat it back to them, they're like, yes, that's what I'm trying to get. Or no, I think what I mean is this, right? And then you get a greater understanding of them. And for one, how they think about things when they're verbally talking and yeah. you know when they're talking out loud about how they're processing. But yeah, that's a great one. Recite it back so you're all on the same page. So let me ask your advice. And this is a deep, deep thing that I'm not even sure I've shared with anybody and now I'm about to put it out in a podcast. <laughs> so Here we go. Hey-o. I think more than once I've mentioned the accident I had in 2016 where I shattered my humerus, had surgery, um, had a lot of realizations. When you crashed your little pickup, right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably could have 
and should have died that night in terms of how bad it was. Walking away with a shattered humerus was lucky to say Which the one's least. the humerus? It was a funny bone right there in my, my arm. In your arm. Humerus okay. is your upper arm. Um, so uh, you have got to look at things from the perspective that sometimes it takes a cataclysmic event for you to realize that you're not doing things right. So mm-hmm. since then, I've talked to most of my, all my brothers more, talked to mom and dad much more, spent more time visiting with them, so on and so forth. I don't know how to address this with them. Well, I'm still talking to my brothers. I haven't been on a phone call or a video call with my mum for about three months. A phone call? Not so much as a phone call. We're in a family chat together, all of us, and she's reached out a few times. But I'm struggling because I don't know how to have the disagreement that I need to have with her. Ooh. It's all over COVID shit. So they believe one thing, I believe another. And when I say they, I mean her. Um, is that why you haven't talked for a yeah, three I'm months? Yeah, like crazy. She called me the weekend. Like, because she doesn't agree with your lifestyle, huh? Not my lifestyle. The way you're leaving? Um, it or? I don't know. that. I just see what has been said. And she's a healthcare worker. Um, oh. But I vehemently disagree with a lot of it. And I don't want to have a conversation with her about it. I'd rather not address it. So you're being I'm, the avoidance. Doing you're exactly doing that. What, like we talked about it earlier. I'm avoiding it like crazy. And I don't think she listens. If she does, she's going to know why I haven't talked to her. But I know some of my brothers do. And um, I mean, family's sometimes that little bit different from other relationships. Right? So this might be your car wreck to get you to your brothers to reach out and say, dude, you need to talk to mom. Well, I, like I said, I don't know how to... There isn't an avenue in this what regard. What are you afraid she's going to do, I guess? Well, I mean, what's the, what's the, what, why, what's your reluctance? You just don't want to have the annoying More conversation? More than anything, or? I don't want to have the conversation. Yeah. And, and this is, again, probably an, un, an unpopular view. Why not call her and just say, like, I know. Like, I, I do need to call her and just say, hey, we don't need to talk about this, but it's going to come up. Yeah, just be like, please don't talk about this because I'm avoiding you because I don't want to talk about it, Mom. So let's just note that and move on. Oh, is she calling you right now? No. Oh, <laughs> It's like, and we can just note that I don't want to talk about this and that we're probably going to disagree on this topic. So let's not talk about it and let's just let bygones be bygones. I love you, mom. I'm having a nice day. How was your day, mom? Um, Let's call her right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That would turn real, real, real quick. (laughs) No. Okay, Mama um, Brown. But I did have, obviously made that suggestion to you last week about a certain podcast uh, topic for our hundredth episode. Oh um, yeah. So no, I, I well, I'll reach out at some point. But I guess where I'm going with that is, you and I don't claim to be perfect at conflict resolution or avoidance or anything else. Um, and I, I'm still struggling with it. So just to clarify my position, I'm at the point with a pandemic that we've closed down, we've reopened, we've closed down, we've reopened, we've tried phases. And we've done a lot of shit. And at this point, I think human nature is what human nature is. We're not going to be able to control people. They're doing the same thing in Europe where everything's spiking and they're trying to lock down again. Spiking and I want to protect the vulnerable. A hundred percent want to protect the vulnerable. But I think at some point you have to, 
and, and this is kind of morbid, but I have a, an absolutely healthy relationship with death and I know it's the only thing in life I can't avoid. Um, so There's if, a lot of people that are scared of death, though. Yeah, if I get sick, I get sick. If someone else gets sick, they get sick. People die every day, and we need to make peace with the fact that we have to protect the vulnerable and let the rest of people get on with what they're doing with precautions. I'm not saying don't wear masks. I'm not saying don't take precautions. I'm just saying that we can't over. I think the reaction here is going to be more damaging long term in terms of mental health and such than, than anything else. And my mum, on the other hand, is solely focused on the virus and solely focused on posting things on the Facebook. Like I, I actually muted my mum for 30 days on Facebook, by the way. <laughs> If you're if you're looking for a way to not get mad at people on Facebook, um, she, Laura, I'm still, we're still Laura friends. We're talking about that too. You're like unfollow, yeah. no, not unfollow, just mute for thirty days is an option. Very so she posted a thing the other day about if the shoe was on the other foot, then old people would be trying to protect young people. And instead, of, I mean, it was all I could do not to point out all the fallacies in that argument. But, yeah, because, um, I mean, ask but, many of the... Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, we don't need to get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and that's even going to bring it up. It's, it's that kind of stuff that I... You know what, we talked about being overly analytical. Um, yeah, for it the most part. sounds like it. Yeah, like, she's scared. I mean, she's a healthcare worker. She's just retired. And she texted me the other day basically saying that she might end up back at work because they really need her. And I'm like, you're old enough to be in the target. Have you texted her back? Yeah. Oh, so you're texting with my She tried mom. calling me the other day and I pretended I was busy. So she texted me. So. Do you think she like is like, I know you're avoiding me? At this point, she's probably suspecting it. Like, I, I mean, I've been quiet in general, but I, I'm doing this a lot just now. And I think I've talked to you about it to where. Just avoiding conversation. I just excuse myself or focus on something else or which is fine honestly yeah. i mean when it's your mom it's a little more difficult right but if it's somebody mm-hmm. that's like doesn't need to be in your life anyways yes then it's like okay well this is easy like i'm just not gonna have the conversation with you or i'm not gonna put myself in a position where i need to have a conversation with you because yeah. it's not gonna be constructive so wasn't planning on sharing that and now i'm on the clock because before we record next week i'm probably going to have to have resolution for that <laughs> you have to reconcile <laughs> with your mom yeah you just so maybe you can extend your mom some grace. I'll expect I'll extend her some grace. I just I'll expect <laughs> your extend. your true intentions. <laughs> but I, that's interesting. Well, look at that. Um, I think grace. where I'm going with that is just that I need to extend the grace and I need to sort of just confront it to the point that hey, let's not talk about that subject ever. Yeah, just please don't bring it up. Period. I don't think anything good can come of it. And I don't need to be arguing with you or avoiding you. If I need your opinion, I'll ask for it and vice versa. Yeah, I'll find a nicer way of saying that. But yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're going to tell her not to talk to you, basically. But I always used to joke with the kids I coached that uh, I'd be like, hey, this isn't a democracy. This is a benevolent dictatorship. And if I want your opinion, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to football, not not life. <laughs> Let me just... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. You do that on your own terms. But Yeah. Well, interesting so. topic today. It was an interesting topic. Interesting I wasn't topic. planning on ending it like that, but I, know. I realized huh. that if I'm going to preach stuff, I got to kind of... Yeah, so you're literally living in it right now. Yeah, I've been avoiding. And we talked yeah. about avoidance, and I'm like, well, I can't tell other people to avoid stuff if I'm avoiding stuff. Yeah, you, you were straight up avoiding. Good for you. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. 
it's, seriously, it's been like plus probably three months since I've had a good conversation with her. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> She's like, "What the hell, Stephen?" But so there we go. That's out there. Um, okay, next week, Stephen's going things. to have an update. I would like for you guys listening to give us some ideas for our hundredth episode. We've talked about it. This is episode yeah, ninety-seven. That'd be good. That'd be good. That means. We got to do something cool, something interesting, something different. I've thrown some ideas at Ben that we're going to discuss, but we'd love to hear from you guys what you would want for a hundredth episode. Um, something cool, cool, different, different. So think on that. We're ben and I are probably going to in the next week chat about twenty twenty one. Can you believe we're about to start our third year of this shit? Uh, well, Podcasting. We'll see. That's what we need to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing it with or without you. So. I know you are. Crazy bugger. Um, there we go. So Stephen will talk to these burgundy walls in this room. You guys will have a podcast one way that I'm sure I could find somebody much better and attractive than you. Probably more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my, their lips probably won't be as good, but maybe we'll post a picture of my lips to Instagram just so you guys can see these things. You don't think I could find a girl with better <laughs> lips than you? Not real. This is the most homoerotic conversation we might have ever had. I apologize if you're still listening to this. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with homoeroticism if you're into that kind of thing. Okay, let's well. move on. All right. Rate us, review us. Give us your thoughts on what 2020 should look like in our 100th episode. As always, if you have someone that you would like us to reach out to to interview, we'd love that. We need to get some more interviews on here. I like interviews better than listening to us talk. I mean, that's just me, but I think Steven does too. I enjoy interviews. I just don't want interviews with people that are boring. Well, then they just got to hear us talk all the time. Yeah, we have some good feelers out. I think the one that you reached out to um, <laughs> would be an interesting one. I to think have it'd be on, fun. Uh, with a certain political edge to it. Maybe we could invite some other people into that one as well. So, or do multiple interviews and then maybe a group one or something. Yeah. 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 Like, hey, you guys all want the same shit, but look. <laughs> you're just looking at things from... Different you're perspectives. You're looking at a six and you're looking at a nine, but you're on opposite sides of the table. Oh, I see what you did there. So if I draw a six right here... Yeah. You see a nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks again. We appreciate you guys for listening. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom.